There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. We've made big steps as a team, as a group of players. They all from distance. Oh, Carriers has seen it go right through his hands. Pure excitement. Really looking forward to it and, and being really happy to have that chance again. It is a Merseyside miracle for Liverpool. Don't worry, don't think. Just play the game how you always played it. Donovan's done it with the last kick of the game. It is the most extraordinary climax you could ever wish to see. To be here is a truly historic moment and uh, the only way to kind of write your name in history is to go and win it. Tottenham make it through on away goals and they make it through to their first ever European Cup final. It's Tottenham-Liverpool in Madrid on June the 1st. Welcome to a special Premier League preview show podcast looking at the Champions League final being played between two English teams for the first time since 2008 as Tottenham take on Liverpool. The match is live on TalkSport in the UK on Saturday night from the Wanda Metropolitano, the home of Atletico Madrid with a capacity of 67,789 where there's not expected to be an empty seat in the house. Liverpool, five times winners of the European Cup, most recently and maybe notably in 2005, whereas Tottenham Hotspur have never won the competition, last lifting a European trophy with the 1984 UEFA Cup. It's the biggest night in the European football calendar and English football's biggest match for over a decade. I'm Tom Rennie and this is a Premier League preview show podcast special. With me today in the studio, David Walker, TalkSport's football editor, fresh from covering the playoffs and FA Cup final, though perhaps best not to mention the FA Cup final on today's show. We've worried about his health for the last week or so. You seemed happy on the day. That's the important thing. Everyone, That's the question that everyone's been asking me. You you okay? We've worried about you. You over the cup final? It was fine. I was over it by the time the final whistle blew. We had a nice hug, didn't we, at full time as we were finishing our coverage. You seemed happy. A game like that. When you've already been... Thrashed. Yeah. You, to make, that you degree. make peace with it by the Around time the about the 60th goal. minute. Yeah. <laughs> you give it up. It was okay. Good. I'm pleased. I'm pleased you're over it and can focus on more things. You're far too busy to dwell just on the FA Cup final. Uh, also with us in the studio, a former Tottenham Hotspur defender, Chris Perry is here. Chris, are you going to say repeatedly that Tottenham are going to win this one? You have to, right? I kind of have to, but yeah, no, I'm going to try and give a, a very balanced view. I'm sure you will. That's yeah. why we bring 
a pro sutted yourself into the podcast team, this special podcast for the Champions League final. We'll also be joined later in the programme by the former Liverpool striker Neil Mellor, who's on his way to Madrid, we think. He's certainly on a family holiday. It must be somewhere near Madrid, and he's going to blag his way in. No one's going to refuse Neil Mellor entry, are they? They know his face around there, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, we'll get to all that later in the programme. First to this. The Tottenham manager Maurizio Pochettino is competing in his first European Cup final with Tottenham at the end of his fifth season in charge. He's made Spurs competitive in the league, qualified repeatedly for the Champions League, got them to the latter stages of cup competitions including the 2015 League Cup final, but has never been able to bring silverware back to White Hart Lane, Wembley or the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. More home grounds than trophies won. You liked that, didn't you? <laughs> he may not have expected this chance to come so soon or even at all during his time at Spurs, but come it has. And his tears in Amsterdam showed the world just how much this club, this job and this competition mean to the Argentinian. Earlier this week, Pochettino had a sit-down with our TalkSport colleague, Laura Woods. Champions League final around the corner. First question, Harry Kane, do you think he'll be there? We don't know, and his evolution is very good. This week is is nearly is so close to to be again uh, to start to work with the with the group, but still we cannot uh, say nothing if he's going to be available or not. That is, mm. but we are happy in the way that is uh, uh, recover, and and of course uh, he's so close to be again working with the group. Hope that as soon as possible can be can be available. Does it give you a headache when you have Lucas Moura scoring a hat trick? Potentially Harry came coming back in. No, no. I think it's, uh, it's so important to have Harry Kane fit, uh, to have more possibility, and because the game can be 90 minutes or 120 minutes or with penalties, and I think you can start the game and not be important, and after you can. Uh, came from the bench and be the, the important the important yeah. player and the decisive player. I think it's always is important to have all the player fit and and of course uh, to try to be right in the election and be fair with the player uh, that you are going to to trust in in the start of the game. Mm. Liverpool in the league um, have beat you twice this season. They're a difficult team to break down, we know that. Do you have a feeling about this game, though? We, we were talking about effects of the universe and, and energy. When you look ahead to the final, do you have a feeling about it? Yes, it's going to be completely different. I think it's not a reference to the game that we play in Premier League. Um, by the way, I think in the last game that we play in Anfield, we deserve much more. I think the action that the 1v1... Again, the keeper uh, Sissoko in the last minute after 1-1 or Dele Alli, an amazing... And on the end, we concede in, a, in an accident um, that was more the game for us than for them. I think uh, make us to, to, to believe that we can beat them. But, and then it's a final. And the final is about the approach, it's about the mentality, it's about how you prepare, how you arrive in the condition that you arrive. And of course, still is one week and a half um, to be ready and to prepare the final and all can happen. The most important is that we are going to be there um, thinking in win. It's not in to play or in to compete um, or to enjoy. 
uh, in our mind from the day that finished the Premier League against Everton, we start to build our mentality and our mentality is to go there and win the final mm. and we'll see what happens. Of course, in front is going to be Liverpool that is very good team, but our faith and belief is going to be there and we are going to fight to try to to win. Maurizio Pochettino speaking with our colleague Laura Woods earlier this week before the club jets off to Madrid, which is happening on Friday. Is that right? No, Liverpool are going Friday and Tottenham are going Wednesday. So as we record the programme, Spurs may well be on their way to Madrid. Uh, Chris, let's start by talking about the injury situation that Tottenham have been through in the last few weeks. Now, I'm going through the who might play, as we all are. Uh, Davinson Sanchez, a doubt for this one. Jan Vertonghen, a doubt. Deli Alley, a doubt. Harry Wink should be fit, but he's still a doubt to make the starting lineup. And the big story, Harry Kane, injured seven, seven and a half weeks ago in the first leg of the quarterfinal. Um, is he going to be fit enough to start? And does he start? What is the lineup going to be for Pochettino, both playing staff and formation as well? He's done the three at the back, the four at the back, two up front, one up front. He's changed it a lot this season. <laughs> Who knows? I, I think they're the big decisions for Pochettino. This is why he's going to earn the big bucks to win this game. He's got so many big decisions to make, hasn't he? You know, I think he'll try and play Vertonghen and Alderweireld at, at centre back. Certainly, I can see them playing a back four against Liverpool. I, th I think you need to. I think they've actually looked better in a back four when you look at the the last league game that they played against them. I, I think they played a back four on that day, did they? No. Yeah, they did. No, they actually played a back three. Sorry. And, you know, 61% possession second half. Mm. They controlled the game. Um, they, it's a good way of getting two up front. I think Rose and Trippier will probably play fullback. Do you think Trippier's going to play in this game? There's a lot of talk about him. Who else? Of course, he's been is, dropped from who else for is the England play right squad. Back? Well, maybe they don't play a right back, as you say. Maybe it's it's Sissoko out at wing back. They could play someone more offensive. They've got so many offensive talents there, haven't they, in the game? They have, but you need some sort of balance against Liverpool. I think you know that they've got a front three that are very dangerous, and you certainly need to have fullbacks that are going to be able to defend. I don't think you could play, for instance, someone like a Lucas Moura as a right wing back just to get him on the pitch because he scores goals. I think that would be crazy. Mm. I think I can see Trippier playing. Listen, I think he's had a poor season. I think he's admitted he's had a fairly poor season, but there's been some sort of injury where he's. Um, that's that's affected him over the season. That's what he's that's what he's claiming anyway. But I think it's just a bit of a a World Cup hangover. If I, if you're if I'm honest, I think it's it certainly lingered on. It started off that he was probably a bit tired. I mean, he had yeah. the summer of his life last summer, mm. and I think confidence an issue to me in, in that in that semi final against uh, against Ajax. Obviously, we all remember it for the hat trick. But actually, Trippier had a bad game. He wasn't. He didn't cover himself in glory for the, for the goals, and he, he's had he's had a stuttering season by his own admission. He, he's not had his best season, and now look, he's out of the England squad for the Nations League finals. But but as you said, it, you you can't play uh, you can't play Lucas Moore in in a right wing back position. You can't play anyone like that because not only have, have Tottenham got to worry about Liverpool's front three, they've also got to really worry about Liverpool's fullbacks. Mm, that is their yeah. key strength, attacking strength threat, the sides, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Robertson, Trent Alexander-Arnold getting forward. I think. Uh, they're probably the two best fullbacks, certainly in the Premier League, um, attacking wise, and and I think it's a huge part of the way Liverpool play. They, you know, they've got pace down the sides in, in Mane and Salah, haven't they as well? So those two flanks are going to be crucial areas if Tottenham are going to stop Liverpool from from creating chances. I think lots of players to talk about, lots of positions to talk about, but let's go to the elephant in the room, the story that's been hanging over Spurs 
for seven and a half weeks. And that's Harry Kane, whether he plays in this game. Briefly, let's hear from Kane speaking with TalkSport earlier this week. When that injury happened, of course, the only game that was available was kind of this game because it was the only one in the time frame possible so yeah it, it kind of worked well in terms of the rehab because it gave me uh, a bit more time to kind of take the time with the ankle there weren't no time to rush back because there weren't no games so so it's worked well I'm in a good place I feel the ankle's strong so of course it's down to the manager if, if I play or not but so far so good. That's the thoughts of the Tottenham striker Harry Kane the first ever Champions League final of his career I was interested to read Chris Sutton talking this week about it being a sentimental decision to play Harry Kane. It feels to me like the exact opposite. It'd be sentimental to play Lucas Moura, who scored two hat-tricks in the last few months against Huddersfield and, of course, Ajax most famously. But because he's done well in this competition, it feels like, well, we've got to play him again. He's our talisman of the Champions League. If you've got arguably, and I would say not even arguably, the best striker in European football, the best number nine in European football, who could come back in, surely it's the opposite of sentimental to play him if he's fit enough to play in this game. Well, look at earlier in the season when Kane was, was injured and he came straight back in. They'd been doing really well. Son was, was kind of playing through the middle. Was it the Burnley game that Kane came back Scored. in for? Uh, but they lost. They lost. Yeah. But, but And they, that was the start of, of their bad run. And I think that shows you that no matter how the team's been playing before, in Pochettino's eyes, if Harry Kane is fit... He plays. Mm. And I don't see it being any different on Saturday. No, I, I agree. I, I think Harry Kane, for me, is the talisman of Spurs. I, I think he, he is important to them. I mean, I think this is, this is where Pochettino earns his money. Do you, do you play Kane? For me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't play him. You wouldn't he, play not, the best he's striker not, he's not played available. A game. He's not played a match. You know, it's so important to play a match. You can you can do all you like in training, but it's so important to get yourself match fit and, and to get yourself up to pace in, in matches. He hasn't played a game. I'm for, so surprised seven, that it's weeks. even a consideration that Harry Kane wouldn't play. You know why it's a consideration? With Harry Kane this season starting in the Champions League, they score 1.4 goals a game. Without him, they score 2.25. But then who plays? So you've got Lorente who scored, you, what, you, twice you start, this season? You start Son and Mora. Hungmin Son hasn't scored many since coming back. Five goals in 15, including three over two games against City in the quarters. Mora, two hat-tricks against Ajax and Huddersfield and one against Liverpool at that loss you mentioned they, in March. And that's they, it. They've both scored three in four, yeah, three in four games that Harry Kane hasn't played in the Champions League run this season. Yeah, Harry. When he plays, when they start with Harry Kane, they've scored one in seven and two in seven. But also, you're discounting one and a half of the quarterfinals against Man City. If he was to play in those games, of course, he got injured in the first leg uh, around about half-time, 60 minutes or so yeah. he got injured. He would have he but, would have taken an opportunity but, but if Spurs it had come, would have, right? Spurs so would that, have played that, that a completely like a different one. way. Spurs play a completely different way when they've got Son and Mora in terms of the two up front. They play quite, quite close together. They're much more dynamic. They can go and press higher up the pitch. Look at the trouble they caused Manchester City when they had the two of them were pressing from the front. There's so much energy. I think Spurs have looked so much better in that in that league game at Liverpool. They played a three-one-four-two. You know, two up front was the way to control the game and go and press Liverpool and get about them. Second half, they completely dominated Liverpool and were mm. very unfortunate to lose the game. It's fascinating to see because you're, you're absolutely right. There, you can make a legitimate case for Harry Kane 
to not start on mm. footballing on a footballing basis when you look at the results you look at the performances that they put in without him this season but it kind of it feels counterintuitive because we know how, how how good Harry Kane is we know what he can do he, he could smack one in from 30 yards he could sniff one out in the six yard box if it drops to him he could win you the match but they've got him on the bench he could come on and be the difference if it goes to extra time or if, it, or if, if it's tight with half an hour left you have got him to come off and, and if he's coming off the bench he's a hell of a player to come on a lot better than Vincent Janssen or, or Lorente which is what they had to rely on in, in, in recent weeks Is this the FA Cup scenario? We speak about this quite a lot Would you rather have your best team from the start win the game and try and see it out or would you rather keep your best players on the bench in reserve in case you need him? But you have to but, Play 40 but, minutes but of Harry Kane he scores twice then take him off at half time bring on Lorente There was a fitness question though as well as Chris said it's, it's not it's not completely like you're just picking everyone and they're completely 100% fit and you're just picking from everyone and you can just choose your best team Harry Kane is he can't, he can't be 100% fit even if he's got himself matched up you know back to an acceptable level to, to play the game and pass the physio or whatever he, he's not match fit he hasn't played football for a long time and even then he was coming back from injuries you know so to, do you risk you know it's, it's, that's that's the like you said, that's where Pochettino earns his money. He's got to make that call. Chris, you said that you wouldn't. Will Pochettino? <laughs> I don't know. Um, he's certainly been very quick to bring him back every other time he's been in there, hasn't he? You know, yeah. he brings him straight back into the team. I could see him starting potentially with Kane and Son and just seeing how far Harry Kane can go, whether you can get an hour out of him. You've always then got Lucas Moura or Son, whoever doesn't start, to come off the bench. That dynamism to come on, you know, the energy that they've got. It, it might work quite well for Tottenham mm. in, in, in many ways, but I, I, I think that's where that's where the game's going to be won and lost, those sort of decisions, and that's where Pochettino maybe in the past hasn't been great and, mm. and where he needs to get this one right. Let's talk about that game, though, at Anfield in the league. When I was there when Laura Woods interviewed Pochettino, as we heard earlier on, and he, he, he referenced, when we asked him, he said, look, you've lost twice to, to Liverpool this season, but he said, whoa, hang on a minute. That game at Anfield, we were the better team, and we 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 were the ones that were looking like we were going to win that game. And okay, look, we conceded an own, it was an own goal. Yeah, it was the older viral nineteen yeah, minute yeah, own Salah goal. Salah headed yeah. it and it went in last minute, and sometimes that happens in football. But he said that was a really good performance, and we we were the team going on to win that match. So from that, he would draw confidence. Which is why I think they they may well play the three at the back. I can see I could see Sanchez, Vertong, and Alderweireld at the back with wing backs. They dominated the game, in, particularly in the second half. Um, if, if you do play three at the back, it means that the Liverpool's fullbacks we mentioned earlier are fantastic going forward. They're going to have to deal with the wing backs of Spurs. You know, yeah. if you've got Trippier going forward and Danny Rose going forward down the other side, you know, it, it gives them a problem. It means they have to think about defending a little bit more than they do. Should be a great game, shouldn't it? Oh, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. What a great final this is. Um, let's talk midfield. I think midfield is so interesting for, for Spurs because Moussa Sissoko, who earlier on I kind of suggested might be pushed out to wing back. I don't think it's going to happen, but he could probably do it. But he's probably the starting player in midfield of what's there. Yeah. You've then got Eric Dyer, whose form's been iffy this year. I think that's fair to say. Harry Wink should be fit. Uh, he started 17 league games, nine times off the bench, five times in the Cups, uh, seven starts in the Champions League, whatever, as well. So uh, a lot of games he has played, way more than I thought he'd played before I looked at some of these stats. And Victor Wanyama, who's kind of been also ran, but he is maybe the more powerful player to put alongside Sissoko. Dave, who do you think starts, we're assuming, with Sissoko? I think it's a really difficult one, to be honest. And I think, um, you know... 
you can make a case for all of them. Mm. Um, again, again, it's where Pochettino earns his money. It, big, big choices, big calls in big games. Mm. That's a lovely uh, sidestep to Chris Perry. Yeah, Chris, what do you think? Personally, I think Wanyama, <laughs> when he's played, has looked pedestrian. Yeah. I think he's looked really pedestrian as though he's, he, he has had a lot of time. He's missed a lot of football this season. And when he's come on, he's always looked a, li- a little bit slow on the ball. I think he slows Tottenham down. I'd like to see Sissoko play. I think they might try and play a diamond in midfield. Um, if they don't, I'd probably three at start the back and a diamond. You think? Th- how would you do three at the back and a diamond? That's about th- nine simultaneous formations. You can do three, four, one, two, or you can, you, you know, three, one, four, two. It, oh, this is giving it, me a headache. This is far too many formations simultaneously. You see, it, that sounds to me like a manager is overthinking it. If I see three at the back, plus a diamond, I, I think, plus two I up think, front, I that's think, all the formations. I think they'll play Dyer. I think he likes Dyer. I actually think Dyer, when he's fit. Is, is the better of the three defensive midfield options. Has he not had got. a bad season, though, he's Dyer? He's had a great season. He's another one of those England players that had a little bit of a hangover, hasn't he? Uh, again, picked up. In, he had the um, appendicitis, didn't he, over Christmas, where he missed a lot of time. Uh, I'd play Dyer. I like Sissoko, Ericsson, Ali all have to play for me. Mm. If you can get those four on the pitch, you give yourself a real good chance. Let's talk about Pochettino. Uh, we heard his interview with Laura earlier on in this segment. I found it very interesting listening to Pochettino the last few weeks because one story is it's going to be his last game for Tottenham. Um, if I win this, then I'm not sure where I'd take him. The next one is a totally different angle. They've got the best facilities and they're the best club I could possibly be at. What have you made, Dave, of the, the kind of teasing of stories in Pochettino? Are we just being sucked into that because we're so desperate for Spurs stories? Or is it being quite clever in a way? Because that's something I've spoken about in a lot of shows and maybe not spoken as much about Harry Kane up front or who plays in midfield. We've spoken a lot about the manager's future. Is, is that him being clever and manipulating mm. us? I think he is very clever. Um, and I don't think it's us he's trying to manipulate. It's Daniel Levy that he's, that he's got in his mind when he talks about these things. He, there's no, make no mistake, he, he wants investment and he's been dropping little hints to, to Daniel that, look, we've done so well, but don't think that we can just keep doing this every year. We can't, just because we've managed to get to a Champions League final and finish in the top four again with no signings, we can't do that every year. And I think he wants to stay at Tottenham. The Manchester United thing's gone now. You know, the Juventus thing was there a little bit, but I think that was complete nonsense. That was kind of a bit of hearsay and Chinese whispers. Um, I think he, I think he's in a good place at Tottenham, but they have to be careful to not lose him because he is everything to them. He is. They've got the, the lowest wage bill in the top six, and they continuously outperform other teams in that top six. They've got to a Champions League final. They dealt with injuries. He brings young players through. You know, the paucity of signings, and, and he's he, he's pound for pound the best manager in Europe I think arguably and they've got to make sure that they don't try his patience that little bit too long and that at some point he does decide I'm going to leave and I think he's saying you know without coming out completely and and embarrassing his chairman in public he's saying look come on look what we've done just give us that little bit more we want to win the Premier League and we could do that if we have a little bit more a lot more I think yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the case. <laughs> it, but... it, it, it's always been the case with Spurs. How much money would that cost to realistically challenge Manchester City and Liverpool for the Champions League? How many points are they behind? Something like 20 points nearly? Mm, yeah, 20 this season, points. Certainly, yeah. Huge. I, know, I, know, well. I know Liverpool made up a 20-point gap this season, mm. but they, they went out and spent £150 million, Yeah, you know, and, and that's what 
Spurs need two or three of real top quality players. Are they going to spend 150 million? Can they completely break the wage structure to do that? Because these players that come in that are going to cost you 50, 60, 70 million pounds are going to want top dollar. And they're going to want the same as people at Man City and at Liverpool that, that they're earning. Are Tottenham going to do that? Is Daniel Levy going to do that with the stadium having to be paid for in, in the back of his mind? I, 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 can't, I, I just can't see how mm. they can manage the, it's difficult. all of those things at once. But if you want to be, as Poch says, if you want to be a consistently high-achieving, top European football club, getting to the last four of the Champions League every season, qualifying for it, challenging for the Premier League... That you've got to feed at the top table. If you've that money is not forthcoming, wages. if they're not sitting at that top table and the wages aren't coming in, then maybe there is a credence to Pochettino's final game there. Because if he's won the Champions League with, as you say, the worst wage structure in the top six, and you know, I would say around about mid-level La Liga budgets, then what would be the need for him to stay there? He's done his job. He's done his bit. I've achieved the absolute everything from this point from Pochettino would be down, right? He's achieved everything he could possibly achieve. Maybe the emotion at Amsterdam was, you know, he's crying because it's going to be his, his last, his last standard think, Spurs manager. I think he's an emotional man and it was an, an incredibly emotional moment. And he probably... probably I was crying. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. <laughs> what was the reason, though? Uh, Jalapeno joy. peppers. No, joy, absolutely. Your well, I mean, what, what, what a game, what a way to end the yeah. game. It was brilliant, wasn't it, the way that Spurs came back? Mm. Being an, a, a former Spurs player, obviously, having affinity with the club... It, it, it did bring me to tears, but I, I, I'm, I read a, an article in the paper the other day talking about him and his mum saying about how he cries at like films about animals and, and all, all these sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. I'm exactly the same, you know? I'm one of those who'll just cry. Football for me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be Spurs. It doesn't have to be a club that I feel an affinity with. Football, you know, hits me in the heart and I, I'll cry at all sorts of things in, in, in football and sport. You know, people achieve their dreams. And to me, that that's that's fantastic. It will make me cry. And I think he's one of those emotional people. He is absolutely. I, I was I was hugging a, an old man in a pub in Covent Garden, <laughs> and I don't care about. But what Tottenham. about the game? <laughs> I was jumping <laughs> yeah, up and down, yeah. up, jumping up and down like I'd been a, a lifelong Spurs fan, and it was a fantastic moment. The night before, I was cheering yeah, Liverpool on as yeah. well, and it, it, it was a fantastic moment. But I, I, yeah, I don't think it was that calculated from Poch. I don't think in that moment he's thinking, "Oh, I'm going to go now." It's like, it's just taken over him. The emotions completely got to him. He wears his heart on his sleeve, and that's. A great thing, it's a fantastic thing. Jurgen Klopp does it in a slightly different way, but again, he's a fantastic character. Um, I don't think Poch leaves this summer, even if they win the game on Saturday, if they lose the game. I think that that point comes further down the line. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. 
With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Uh, we'll refocus on Tottenham later on and get some predictions from everyone here as to who's going to win. Next up, though, let's talk about Liverpool, who are also involved in the Champions League final. We've not mentioned them as yet. We're going to be joined uh, by our former Liverpool striker in Neil Mellor up next. Now, though, let's hear from the Reds boss, Jurgen Klopp. And we can also hear from Virgil van Dijk, the Reds star defender, both speaking with TalkSport this week. We are all human beings. Eh? It's a special game. And then after that, it's no game anymore and all this stuff. So bring ourselves in the right mood is, the, is, the, is for us the job to do, to, to really um, play the game we want to play. And we know about Tottenham a lot, of course, but we had three weeks' time on Saturday. We had three weeks' time to prepare the game. After these three weeks, I would have known um, the name of the groundsman of Barcelona as well if they would have been the, 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 the opponent. So um, that's how the football world is. We would have known against each other team in the world exactly the same. Um, but against them we played, so we know it's difficult. Tottenham know it's difficult. So let's play a difficult game and let's win it. I think we know, obviously, we know the team one and a half hour before the game. Uh, we will be preparing on most of the, most of the time on, on the system they're going to play because that's the most important thing to adapt on. And the only thing I will do is when I know the team that you know what kind of weaknesses and strengths they have and they have plenty of players that can make a difference if, even if it's Son, if it's Mara or Laurent in a different kind of way then you know we have to be ready anyway and um, I think the most important thing is to prepare us on, on our game and be ready for any if it is five defenders in the back or four or a diamond in the midfield or three or two strikers or it makes it all sounds all difficult but we have to be prepared on, on, on any solution. So that is the Liverpool manager, the ever-popular Jurgen Klopp, and also the man that maybe single-handedly changed Liverpool's fortunes, the superb defender Virgil van Dijk, speaking with TalkSport this week. We are joined on this preview show special now by our former Liverpool striker who's joined us from his holidays. He's such a pro, he's <laughs> left the kids in the kids' club to come on this show, we really appreciate it. It is Neil Mellor on the line. How are you, Neil? You all right? Hello, gents. Hello, Tom. All right. Thanks for making some time for the preview show. Always great to chat to you. Listen, I want to talk about all the positives around Liverpool, but I do have some negatives first because, you know, you've met me. That's how I normally start these interviews. <laughs> We're just, what, two and a half weeks on from Liverpool failing valiantly to pick up the Premier League title. And it did feel for such a long spell that it was destined to end up in Liverpool's hands, the way results were going, and yet they haven't won it. What's the mood been like in the city over the last couple of weeks with the Champions League final coming up, but the obvious disappointment of not being champions? Yeah, mixed. Um, there's a lot of excitement, obviously, around the Champions League final again this year against Spurs. Disappointment uh, to miss out on the, the Premier League title, but I think there was a feeling of, what more could Liverpool have done? You know, you look at the way that Liverpool finished the season. They won 13 of the last 14 games in all competition. It was an incredible finish. It was only that City finished uh, themselves incredibly that uh, was the reason why City won it as opposed to Liverpool losing it. It was a great battle 
all the way to the end and, and City handled the pressure which Liverpool put them under. But on the last day of the season against Wolves, when Liverpool beat Wolves, I think there was a real sense of an appreciation inside the stadium at Anfield for the players, for the manager, of what this group have produced this season to run Manchester City so close for that Premier League title. Um, but now, of course, all the excitement turns to the Champions League final and putting right what happened last year with the disappointment against Real Madrid. I think that's that's a, a really big factor in this game this weekend. The fact that they were there last year, it was it was mm. such a disappointing night for so many reasons. Salah's injury, uh, the situation yeah. with Carrius, obviously. Um, but do you think that will be an advantage for Liverpool that those players have got that experience in their mind? And for Tottenham's players, you know, most of them have never been in a situation like this before. Yeah, uh, and this is Liverpool's third major European Cup final in four years. You know, Sevilla a few years ago in the Europa League final uh, under Jurgen's first season. And then the Champions League disappointment last season. And, and what you would say is there's been a real hunger to succeed this season from, from Liverpool. Well, you know, obviously going so close in the Premier League, but also in Europe as well. And the big difference for me is I, w- I was at Anfield last year. There was 35,000 fans watching whatever it was, 10 big screens mm. inside of the Champions League final. And as soon as Mo Salah went off in that final, it was almost like that was it. There was no way of Liverpool winning the, the Champions League. Now, he scored 43 goals last year. It was incredible. But this year... Liverpool beat Barcelona in the semi-final 4-0. Mo Salah didn't play. Firmino didn't play. And they're two very big players for Liverpool. And I think mentally, it was just a reminder with how far this group have come that they have the belief and confidence to be a top side in Barcelona 4-0, even without the two best players. So I think that's a huge advantage going into this game, as opposed to 12 months earlier. Who do you think is going to be the, the key man for Liverpool? And, you know... I think I, for me, I, I think it's going to be Sadio Mane. I think he, he's be, he's been the key man this season, particularly in Europe and in the league. Certainly over the last 13, 14 games, he's been absolutely crucial. What do you think? Well, I think Mane's been brilliant. I really do. Um, I feel a bit sorry for Salah because you know he got forty. What did he get? Forty-three last season. Again, he's been top scorer again this season, joined with Mane. But I think Mane's really benefited from the extra attention that Salah's had has been maybe an extra defender, maybe a little bit more cautious approach from teams looking at Salah. And I think Mane's exploited that extra bit of space created by uh, by Salah really well this season. So uh, Mane's been brilliant. He's given Liverpool that, that little bit extra in the final third. And again, he could be the difference as I, th- I think Sal- Salah could be. It'd just be interesting to see if Firmino will link up again with those two because they have a really good understanding, the three of them. And it's looking like he, he is going to win that race to be fit. So that'd be a huge boost for Liverpool. He's, he's such a fabulous player, Mane. Um, he's one of those players that I, I think unless until you see him in the flesh, you, you know obviously how good he is from watching him on TV, but when you see him in the flesh, you, you get that extra appreciation of just... How um, his balance is amazing. Mm. The way he can just change direction so effortlessly, just go one he way or the other. He always seems to be scoring yeah. a goal whilst falling over, which is inc- I always think it's incredible. <laughs> like he always seems to be totally off balance and yet totally balanced at the same time to kick the ball forward towards the net. I think it's incredible. All, all that said, though, I've, I've got a feeling that Salah. This could be Salah's final. I think mm. just with the memory of last year and how that ended for him, I think, it, it, yeah, he has been sort of. He has been criticised at times this year. Let's not get away from it. But he's still posted incredible numbers, just not quite as ridiculously incredible as last season. And he has scored some big, important goals at important times this season. So I, I, I can I can see him winning the match for, for Liverpool on Saturday. 
No, I agree. Uh, I, I think there's been maybe a little bit more expectation because of what he produced last season with the high numbers uh, of over 40. And uh, the fact that, you know, in all competitions, he's got 26, the same as Mane. People are perhaps saying it's been disappointing. But for me, I think Salah's been outstanding again for Liverpool. He's played in every single Premier League game. So he's, he's, he's looked after himself. He's kept himself in the right condition. He's consistently managed the games in Europe with those Premier League games. And he is a very, very important player. And as you say, he will want to perform in this final, knowing the disappointment of 12 months earlier, the injury, of course, with, with Ramos and, and the impact that had on him. Mm. Uh, and of course, they've got the African Cup of Nations in the summer. So Marnie and, and Salah will want to finish on a high so they can go into that tournament. Neil, I just wonder, um, you know, when you look at Liverpool, they, they, they're quite settled up front. You, you, you think they're going to play Firmino, Salah, Mane. At the back, they seem very settled. It's that middle of the pitch, really, where there's the only question marks maybe on selection. Who do you think that, mm-hmm. that Jurgen Klopp will go with? <laughs> that, that's the only question, yeah. I agree, settled and have a good understanding the front three and the back four. It's just what he goes with in, in that midfield three. What you would say is, Probably first pick at the moment in the, in the midfield three would be Fabinho. He's, he's really settled in and, and becoming an important player for Liverpool, just in front of the back four. The protection he gives them, you know, Van Dijk has had an excellent season and whoever's partnered Van Dijk has benefited from that. But Fabinho's been key in that protection. So it'd be, I think Fabinho will definitely start. And then it would be a case of, will it be Henderson and Jeannie Wijnaldum, who the manager really likes and trusts, or, or whether he turns to the experience of James Milner. So it would be... Uh, two from those three, I would think, with Fabinho being the other one. So um, th- that's the only real selection dilemma I think the manager will have ahead of this game. Neil, last time Jurgen Klopp won a cup final, there was only one Avengers movie. We were all in Olympic <laughs> fever, building up to London 2012. That was for Borussia Dortmund, the German Cup. Since then, six finals have been lost, including two European finals with Liverpool. Is he cursed? Well, what happened in 2012 when he left that stadium that day? Did he cross a, a black cat? Did he walk under several ladders, break a few mirrors? What went wrong? And is he going to put that right this weekend? Couldn't resist it, could you, Tom? Well, uh, okay, you okay. to. <laughs> is, um, well, What you would say is, OK, there has been a little bit of disappointment along the line to get into this position with, what is it, five, six finals, whatever it is. This team is probably the best he's, he's ever had. I think he's even referenced that. I mean, you look at Liverpool and the way they've progressed under Jürgen since he first came. Liverpool were vulnerable defensively, sorted that out. Van Dijk, awesome. Goalkeeper, huge upgrade from last season. There's a real belief and confidence that challenging for the Premier League title brought to this group as well. Um, so, so I think they're in a really strong position and the strongest they have been in f- since since all those all those finals to, to really go on and succeed. But in any one, one-off game, you just never know. Liverpool will, of course, be strong favourites, really up for the game, um, fully confident. But a one-off game, you just never know. Do you want to ask both of you, Chris and Neil, from the mindset of of a player, if this has any impact at all, it it might not. But it's been quite a long time since these guys have played a game of football. Mm. So it's a long gap between the Champions League final and the end of the Premier League season, a little bit longer than usual. What's that do to your mentality? You're itching to play, you get nervous, you get more nervous than you would do if it was like six days after the final or whatever, after the final game of the Premier League season. I think so, yeah. yeah the, the, the worst thing that you have as a footballer is when you're training and there isn't a game for a while. You know, you're know, just training, training, training and you're going through the same things every single day. I know it's a huge game, isn't it? And, and the, you're obviously going to have a, a longer build-up to it and a bigger build-up to it, but you'll just be desperate to get out on the, on the pitch and, and get a feel of it again. And, and those, those first few minutes on the pitch will be so crucial, I think, as, as to how players are going to 
be confident in, in their in their own game. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's not not helpful, is it? This break uh, that we've seen three weeks from that last Premier League game to to this Champions League final. I, th- I think you look at the players who were uh, doubts after the that, that last Premier League game. I think Spurs will benefit more in terms of Fatonga, who I think is a massive player for them. Will, will probably be fit and wouldn't have been if the game would have been scheduled earlier. Sanchez, another one, and the big one has to be Harry Kane. But Liverpool, likewise, with Firmino, he wouldn't have been ready had the game perhaps been a little bit earlier. But it is a long time. All the players can do is focus, prepare, do the right things, which you know they have been doing, and and make sure that mentally they are, they are ready to go um, despite the, the long break. Neil, just finally, before we let you get back to the kids and enjoy your family vacation and a few more days of nerves before Saturday, tell us how this game's (laughs) going to go. Tell us how Liverpool play. Tell us how Tottenham react. And and how do you see the match unfolding? And and I'm sure you're going to tell us it's going to end with a Liverpool win. <laughs> Is that too predictable for me? <laughs> um, well, 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 Liverpool have played Spurs, haven't they, twice this season? I think back to the game at uh, at Wembley. It was after an international break, and and the score was two one to Liverpool. But that didn't reflect how dominant Liverpool were on the day. Liverpool really that was one of the best performances of the season. Spurs went with a back four that day. They went with a diamond, tried two up front, but they got nowhere near Liverpool. If they go with that again. And then they're not quite at it. I think that will play into Liverpool's hands. At Anfield, started with a back three. Liverpool again dominated the game first half. The changes made at half-time from Pochettino to a back four. But mentally, had more of a go second half. They should have got something from the game. And if Spurs play like they did in the second half, at Anfield, obviously Liverpool were chasing the game to win it, to stay in the Premier League race, then I certainly feel as though Spurs will have more chance of having of having more of a go, the way they played in the second half against Ajax, have more of a go. If they sit back the way they did against Liverpool in previous halves and games this season and that first half against Ajax, I think that will play into Liverpool's hands. So it's how Spurs will approach it. Liverpool will be at it from, from the first whistle and uh, if the players perform the way they have done consistently throughout the season, I see Liverpool just edging it um, in 90 minutes. Who do you think, Neil, um, Liverpool would prefer to face though? Kane up front or, or Son and Moore mm. as a pair? Son and Moore as a pair. I think Harry Kane is, is a world-class centre-forward, whether he's, he's fully fit, match fitness or not. He, he is a player who has that reputation of being a match winner and and reputation to do so. So I think if Harry Kane starts, I think there'll be a little bit more concern from, from Liverpool. Obviously, Moore did excellent second half in that hat-trick he scored against Ajax. And, and Son, as we know, is an outstanding player. But Harry Kane brings with him different um different um, problems that Liverpool will have to deal with. So I think he will start the game and uh, and Liverpool will certainly have to be mindful of that because of the, the world-class ability he has. And Neil, just finally, tell us about you as a, as a fan watching these games. Of course, you, you've played in big European nights for Liverpool. You've you've worked on games. I've seen you working on games before where you've just about kept it together when Liverpool has scored winning goals. <laughs> What's it like as a fan watching these games? Have you got your stress ball? Do you have something to kick? Do you have a punch bag? What do you do to get through it? Well, it's uh, it's emotional. That's what it is, and you know, it's the fans can can have such a huge impact. And and, and I'm no different now. I've experienced being a player; it's been fantastic. I'm fortunate to work in the media now, but when I'm not working and I'm watching the game, I actually watched the second leg at the Liverpool game against Barcelona in my kitchen with my little boy who was nine, and we were thinking, no chance. If if we win one nil, two nil, brilliant. This would be a fantastic. But 
But but to win four 0 we were jumping around. Uh, Mrs. was like, "What's going on? What's going on?" It was like we've done it. it we've turned it round. So I'll be no different. If Liverpool were to beat Spurs, I know it would be difficult. Obviously, Spurs Spurs will be up for it as well. But I will be jumping around, probably in the kitchen again at home, going mad with my little nine year old boy. Neil, everyone apart from Chris Perry wishes you well. Enjoy the game, mate, and we'll chat to you again. Thanks a lot, buddy. Right, let's give our predictions for this one. Chris Perry, let's come to you first on this. You've told us who you would like to play, who you expect to play. We've spoken about both teams and their positives, and if we could find any negatives, we would have talked about them, but there aren't that many with these two. How do you see it going, and you've got to give us a win? Um, I think... The first 15 minutes is crucial for Spurs. They've conceded seven goals in the opening 15 minutes of games this season. Liverpool have only scored two in those opening 15 minutes. So if if they can get through those opening 15 minutes, they've scored 17 or 20 goals in the second half. They've come on strong in the second half. That league game at Anfield that Neil just mentioned, you know, they came on strong in the second half. I can see them winning if they can get, get to half-time level with Liverpool. I can see them coming on strong and winning the game. I'm going to go for 2-1 to Spurs. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm going to agree with you. I'm I'm not going to go down the stats route. I'm I'm talking about feelings here and emotions. <laughs> you and have I've, to have a feeling. I've just you... got a feeling that this could be Spurs' year. They, they, their comeback was so unbelievable. I, I I'd say a touch more unbelievable than Liverpool's the night before. And I've just got a feeling as well that Liverpool just they're just destined to have a season an unbelievable season but still come away empty handed I don't know I don't know I've, I saw maybe it was just because I was with Potts the other day and I liked him so much he's such a lovely man but I just, I've just got a feeling for Spurs I'm going to be watching this game at my brother-in-law's house uh, in deepest Essex uh, they're all Spurs fans uh, there's about 40 people going to be going big projector on their outside wall and I just can't think of anything worse than Spurs fans <laughs> celebrating winning the Champions League. I'm not sure living in Essex, going around the Billericay kind of it is area, a funny I'm one, ever going to get over You're it. right, isn't it? It's a, fu- it's a, a slightly different situation to a normal Champions League final. Last year, we are all watching and we want Liverpool to beat Real Absolutely. Madrid. Yeah. And, yeah. and this time, there's split loyalties and it's the, the same with the Europa League a few days before. And you've got the club loyalties that are a bit like, well, you know, some, some you know, Chelsea fans watching this, for example. Yeah. Who, do they, who do they want to win? They're not watching this. <laughs> exactly, yeah. They're going to get through the game on Wednesday yeah. and never watch any more Chelsea, football Chelsea never wants Spurs to win anything, no, do they? they can't. But they don't like no, Liverpool no either. West Ham, the same, Tom. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know because I also quite like my brother-in-law and I want him to be happy. I but, hope it's um, a good game. I do, yeah. I hope it's a yeah. really good game. I think it's going to be. I think you've got two teams here that are going to go and, and try and attack it. You, you had Real Madrid last year who, in a way, and Sergio Ramos had someone who just wanted to destroy the game. He wanted to get at Carrias. He wanted to get at Salah. That's the way they get through games. Real Madrid always have done. These two teams aren't going to do that. They're going to try and win the game, not 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 lose the game, you know. Um, to give a prediction, I kind of think you're both right. Oh, the clean sweep for Spurs. I kind of think that Liverpool... <laughs> oh, please, don't, please, no. See, I think Chris Perry's nailed it. I think if Spurs get through the opening 15, 20 minutes without conceding, I think Liverpool come out of the blocks firing as they do against everybody. If they can avoid conceding, I see Tottenham going on to win it. So I'm going to say 1-0 to Tottenham after 90. Sorry, Liverpool fans. But if Liverpool score... But that's a good thing for you. If Liverpool score, I think they win comfortably. Us predicting Spurs a clean sweep yeah. is, is good news for Liverpool fans, I that think, is true. judging on our record. Absolutely. That is yeah. true. We're not good at this. We're not good at this whatsoever. <laughs> uh, and just finally, of course, we know that um, that Neil Mellor's going to be watching in his kitchen. Chris, you have you have plans for this one? I'm going to be watching um, upstairs in my loft with my son. 
and a, a couple of um, Arsenal supporting friends, actually. So they'll, they'll be cheering on Liverpool, no okay. doubt. <laughs> okay. uh, I mentioned I'll be at the farmhouse watching it with a bunch of Spurs. And I think it's it's right we end uh, last with our football editor here, the hardest working man in showbiz right now. The season's over for everyone but him. You're going to be there in Madrid, the Wanda Metropolitano. Yeah, very much looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing the stadium. Uh, been to the Bernabeu before, but never to uh, Atletico's new stadium. It, it, tremendous privilege to be there. Just hope we get to see a fantastic game. And will you bring your own old man to hug if Spurs win it this time? Well, or I've got you just Mark Saggers next to me. So. <laughs> 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 and on that note, the perfect man to hug at full time in any game. Uh, if you're in the UK, the game is live on TalkSport Saturday night at 8 o'clock kickoff live from Madrid. We're on from what time, Dave? Doesn't We're matter. You just do the game. Seven. From 7, a full hour of build-up. Don't miss the action uh, it's our last Premier League preview show of this season we will be back next season hopefully around mid-July building up to the Community Shield so look out for the podcast when we reconvene in a few months we'll see you then enjoy the game as well the Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes the latest odds we set them form guides we've got them expert opinions we share them the best fans in the world deserve the best be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 